What's up, friends? You're tuned into the Soundplay podcast. My name is Connor McGinnis, and today we're going to be opening up some stories about belief. A lot of people believe a lot of things. For example, what do I believe? I believe when it's time to cook chicken, you don't want to press too hard on the meat, because if you do, you'll overcook it. But if you don't get in there at all, you're going to undercook it, and you're going to wish it was more cooked. This can be applied to life, right? You don't get handsy enough with it? It's going to be a shadow of what it could be. You also don't want to go crazy, too. It's, it's, it's a balancing of forces. It's like you need to know how to be forceful, but you need to know how to yield. You, know, you need to have that balance of energies. And I think when you're making chicken, the most important thing is to remind yourself of the cosmic energies at play. People tend to forget. They think, "Oh, I'm just making chicken. This isn't. This isn't. This isn't spiritual. This isn't. This isn't about faith. It most certainly is. Because listen, all it takes is one delicious piece of chicken for you to wake up and realize, I'm living life right now. And not only did that chicken taste good, but I made that chicken. Why? Because I could balance these forces in life. So to wrap that around to what we're discussing or listening to in this episode, we are going to be listening to a wonderful group of students talk about what they believe we have molly with everything happens for a reason we have mikad with life is unpredictable and after that i think we're going to throw in stephanie's everyone deserves kindness and maybe after that we'll just discuss for a bit because these pieces are kind of short and this has got to be a long episode but I'm going to let you listen to those first, then we'll come back, grab yourself a snack, let's get into it. <laughs> yeah, like insert XD face here. Ha ha ha! <laughs> Sound play is what your ears are enjoying right now. Listen to those words coming from those SSU students all day. Sound play. Sound play. The New Age America video catalog is your key to the future. I believe everything happens for a reason. No matter if the event is in or out of my control, I know it's meant to be. Good things happen, bad things happen. Even if I don't know why anything happens, I know it's for a reason. Many events during my life have caused me to become a huge believer in this motto, but nothing has shaped it more than softball. Growing up, my life revolved around softball. My mom played it her whole life, so when she had her first daughter, she knew it would become my life too. Since I picked up the game when I was five, I never stopped. I played every season of the year for multiple teams near my hometown of Dedham. Throughout the summers, I played in the Hockamock League. During my last year of 12U, we were the best we had ever been. We had qualified for the playoffs and made it all the way to the championship at the Plainville Athletic League Complex. We had to beat Franklin to win the 12U B Trophy. Since we were only 12, we couldn't play under the lights. We played at four o'clock, right when the sun was finally losing its strength. After I hopped out of the car, all I could smell was the fresh grass and the dirt from the newly dragged field. I watched the grounds crew walk down the baselines to put the finishing touches on the field. As my teammates pulled up, we slowly filled the dugout. We didn't say much to each other. There was an awkward silence that no one seemed to break. We all had the same thought in our head. Are we going to come out as winners or are we going to go home with nothing? 
We had the most serious warm-ups ever. No one spoke. No one laughed. We had our game faces on. After what felt like forever, the umps signaled for coaches and captains. My heart was beating about 100 miles a minute. To us, this game was life or death. Our coaches finally came back to the dugout to pump us up before we hit the field. We played the strongest defense we could. Our pitcher threw a complete game and only gave up nine hits. The rest of us made countless plays to back her up. We doubled up runners and made multiple defensive gems. The Dedham crowd roared as our defense was triumphing and made sure to keep our spirits up. After a constant back and forth, our bats broke through. It started with a crack to center and three consecutive walks. Then I hit a single to drive in two more. Those five runs helped us stay up. We kept up with our defense and Franklin couldn't battle back. Finally, we did it. We beat them 9-6. We threw our gloves like graduation caps and charged the dugout in excitement. This uphill battle made it all worth it. All the countless hours of practice, the blood, sweat, tears, and everything in between. This is why I gave my all to this sport. It was tough games like this that drove me to be better. Following our victory in 2012, I stopped playing Hockamock. We didn't have enough girls, and I wanted to focus on playing for a more competitive team. My new tournament coaches also wouldn't allow me to play as they feared I would get injured and would be ineligible for recruitment. After playing for more competitive teams in the following years, I decided to change my ways. I joined a new tournament team my senior year of high school and had coaches who encouraged me to play Hockamock again. I found out that they had enough girls to field an 18U team and figured, why not use my last year of eligibility to play? So I did just that. They added me to the roster and there I was, back on a team with some of the same teammates who I played with during 12U. That season, we weren't as great as we had hoped for, but we qualified for playoffs and then the semifinals. We found ourselves yet again at the same place where we won it all. After a tough game against one of the higher seeds, we lost. Although it wasn't the outcome any of us had hoped for, it was such a bittersweet moment for me. I got to play my last game at the same place I won my first championship. I played with some of those same teammates and coaches who shaped me into the player I am today. I wouldn't have made it here without them, and even though it wasn't the outcome we expected, we had our chance at victory and now it was someone else's turn. This motto has changed my perspective on life. It made me see things in a positive light. Just because something sucks in the moment doesn't mean you can't get through it. It was given to you for a reason and you will overcome it. I believe life is one of the most unpredictable experiences. People are born, then people die. People get married, then people get divorced. People get a job, and then they get fired. There are many ways people deal with the unpredictability of life. Some people try not to stress about it. Then there are some people who just stress way too much about it. Then there are people who plan for any negative outcomes just in case they happen. My post-secret postcard reads, I prepare for the end of relationship at the beginning. By preparing for the worst, people save themselves the potential heartache, disappointment, and impacts on their mental health. There are some instances where preparing for the worst saves you from deeper and unnecessary feelings. For example, with being gay and dating, preparing for the worst is literally second nature. Senior year of high school, I had my first boyfriend, if that's what you want to call it. 
We were both closeted and found each other attractive, so we kind of stuck to each other. We were friends first, so we had natural chemistry that almost made it feel like we were meant to be, which I shielded myself from feeling. I hindered myself from getting too emotionally attached when we went on dates, talked on the phone, or even looked at each other. When we first started dating, I knew from the beginning that we weren't going to last long. Or maybe I made myself feel that way because dating in the, the gay community is very toxic. Also, we were both attending different colleges in different states where we would eventually meet different people and anything could happen. Allowing myself to gain feelings and not prepare for the worst would have hurt me way more in the long run. In hindsight, that probably affected the way I interacted with him and shifted the way we might have felt about each other. But I don't regret protecting my feelings because I believe that breakup would have shaped the way I viewed myself and affected my future relationships. But this doesn't only apply to romantic relationships. Preparing for the loss of family or friends, whether it's death or no longer talking to them anymore, can have the same effects. Although preparing for the beginning of a relationship, romantic or not, for the end of it isn't always the case because you don't expect some relationships to, yet, to end. Friendships in specific. You believe that your best friend is going to be your best friend forever. You don't expect boyfriends or girlfriends, difference in interests, and different people to interfere with your friendship. I had a best friend that I was friends with since kindergarten until our sophomore year of high school. With a friendship lasting that long, I didn't expect anything to happen. Prior to high school, we were both weird and outcasted because we loved hanging out with solely each other. Throughout sophomore year, we started to gain our identities in high school. I started to become more outgoing, make lots of friends, but she maintained her introverted self and made new friends, but people who were just as introverted as her. But we remained friends. As the year went on, we still hung out, not mu as much as we did before, but I began to sense that we were drifting apart. When I felt the drift happening, I took myself out emotionally. I didn't get upset when she canceled plans or didn't want to walk to class with me. I didn't make it a big deal when she didn't sit with me at lunch when I saved her a seat. I just was emotionally vacant towards the ending of our friendship because I didn't want to be hurt with our friendship inevitably ending. Around May, the only reason I remember that month is because of MCAS, she got in a relationship. Her boyfriend sat behind me in home room and his locker was directly next to mine. After the first weeks of the relationship, our communication was almost gone. And she wouldn't even look at me when she would wait at his locker, which was directly next to mine. I knew this was going to happen and I prepared myself to not think or care too much about it because I gained so many more friends that would never do that to me. In both stories, if I hadn't prepared myself for the ending of the relationships, I would have been affected much differently than I was. Without that preparation, I would have felt hurt and abandoned by the people that I felt cared for me the most. Realizing that people in relationships are temporary saves you mentally and emotionally because it could truly drive you into mindsets that aren't productive and healthy when you feel like you've been abandoned and you don't have the people who you thought were in your corner the most. And this is why I believe life is one of the most unpredictable experiences. And by preparing for the worst, people save themselves from potential heartache, disappointment, and impacts on their mental health. I believe that everyone deserves kindness, no matter what the situation. You don't know what someone else is going through. Well, you may never know, but you actually might make their day. So just give it a shot and see. Everybody has their bad days, which is something I know we can relate to in one way or another. Just be kind, love one another. We're all fighting a battle that you can't see. 
As I was growing up, I got bullied a lot, and unfortunately, kindness was something rare for me to see. I was called provocative names quite often, I was shy, and I wore clothes that covered me up, but a group of boys would always ask me to take off my cardigan, to open up my shirt a bit, or tell me I should be wearing skirts so they can see my legs. A group of boys would grab me in the hallway, it was embarrassing, I felt really disgusting, but I could never do anything back, so I just froze until they left. The boys were spoken to and given a written punishment, but it didn't stop them, of course, ever. I felt guilty and embarrassed about it. This just ended up shaping a new view on myself. I felt like a zombie most days, just going day by day with emotions. I didn't even look forward to going to school anymore. I remember the times laying on my bathroom floor, crying to God, praying, wondering when this pain would just go away. When I hit rock bottom, I was surely convinced, well, this is the place I'm going to be staying. I understand that I hide myself sometimes, or I can be unpredictable and distraught and basically lifeless. I just never wanted anyone to feel like I did. Sometimes I would be caring so much for others that I would forget to care about myself. I decided to close myself off after all my uncomfortable situations and connect more with my family. They were so understanding of my trouble that I really don't think I missed a day of positivity and kindness. Countless of times, my mother would always remind me to put myself on a pedestal. Soon enough, after all this goodwill I was receiving, it helped open my eyes to see the power that kindness really has. Oftentimes, we forget to be kind to ourselves. We're so busy caring for other people, we tend to be burned out. Self-care and kindness isn't selfish. You can't serve others when you're drained. There have been countless of times where people have told me, oh, you're too nice, or you only see the good in people. And I honestly take a lot of pride in this. I always try to be kind to everyone, not only to brighten up other people's days and my own, but to set an example. I want people to see my kindness and feel inspired to spread some of their own. I want to make people realize how easy it really can be to just be nice, how valuable a gift of kindness can really be. However, my best friend knows me way too well and can read me like a book. She knows she doesn't have to always ask what's bothering me. She'll just say something funny or do something dumb to try to catch me crack a smile. Not everyone will see it as a traditional act of kindness, but to me it is because she had to go out of her way to do it. She never had to say anything at all. She could have just continued to walk on by and gave me space just like everyone else. Even though I thought I didn't want to talk to anyone, I felt better instantly and my mood got redirected. People find countless ways to show kindness every day. I've been thinking about the way when you walk down a crowded aisle, people pull their legs in to let you by, or how strangers will say, bless you, when someone sneezes. Sometimes when you spill your oranges from your grocery bag, someone else will help you pick them up. Mostly, we don't want to harm each other. We want to be handed our coffee hot and to say thank you to the person handing it, to smile at them and for them to smile back. When I was younger, my father always taught me that a simple act of kindness can lead to opening a door of a positive change of actions. Small things can go a long way, he would always say. I was young when I realized how difficult and, world and mean the world can be. My dad always told me that life sucked, but you couldn't appreciate the good days without learning the lesson of the bad. So next time you see someone, tell them you like their shirt. Just notice how their face brightens up, and I guarantee you will too. Quickly, I realized that being mean will get you nowhere, even in times where you think it's needed. 
Being kind won't hurt. Being kind is powerful. How about that, huh? Three fantastic stories. One fantastic evening. Or if it's not evening, I don't know what time it is for you. Um, Yeah, I really enjoyed those pieces. And I hope you did too. Don't mind me, I'll be floating off in a big red balloon. Eat my yogurt with a spoon. Jelly on my bagel. Get my way out of any financial situation. Yeah, I can finagle. Doing geometry homework. Yeah, this is an angle. I write big bars like I was an angel. The Lord God says I am his favorite. It's kind of sacrilegious. I'm just kidding. I am very tolerant of your beliefs. Sorry if that offended anybody. Now I'm not rhyming anymore. Um, I'm nervous. Well, yes. No, yes, I did. For the sake of the radio, yes, I did kiss your girlfriend. Yes, I did make all this money. Yes, I did uh, intimidate your homies. You know, I did do all that. You just listened to the WMWM Soundplay Podcast. Tune in next time to learn more about awesome stories from on campus.